So my wife and I, we do this thing we call 12 Days of Christmas Movies. Uh, every year we just kind of put together a list of 12 Christmas movies we're going to watch uh, starting December 1st, leading up to Christmas. We'll try to sneak them in. And I just realized, man, Tim Allen is in a lot of freaking Christmas movies. He really is. Matter of fact, my family's out in the living room watching one right now. They're watching Christmas with the Cranks, yes. right? Yeah, so then he's he's like every Santa Claus that kids ever see nowadays is right. Tim Allen. Oh, yeah, because the Santa Claus. And then he was in Santa Claus 2. Right. I mean, was he in Santa Claus 3? I don't know. I, he may have made a cameo. Rarely ever watch Santa Claus 3. Yeah, I didn't even really know there was a Santa Claus 3 until you just reminded me there was. <laughs> it wasn't that good. It, ne- it never gets played on regular TV. So We watched a lot of Home Alone this year. We watched Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2. By um, far one of the best Christmas movies of all time. Jingle All the Way, we watched that movie. I don't remember it's, that one, I guess. If you go into it with low expectations, it's pretty funny. So, did you get what you wanted for Christmas, Dusty? Well, my wife and I, we just uh, we do stocking stuffers. We don't buy big gifts. And so, I did. I mean, she gave me a wallet, which is, she's been trying to get me to get a new wallet for a while. So, scored on that. I got an Iowa Hawkeyes beanie. Got a game coming up. Like in Stanford for whatever the Rose Bowl, I think. And Rose then, Bowl, huh? Dang. Yeah. And uh, let's see, what else did I get? I got some cologne because I'm out of cologne, and I rarely ever wear cologne, so it'll probably last me about four years. And what else did I get? Oh, I got some Butterfingers, like candy. Yummy. Actually, I don't really like Butterfingers, but. That yummy made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Where's my rape whistle, just in case? Uh, I think Isabel stole it. Sorry. <laughs> she was running around the yard yesterday, just blowing her whistle. Where you so what did you get, Andrew? Got some? Uh, I know you got a record player, because your dad asked me where to go buy record players. Yes, I got the record player. Let's see, what else did I get? I got, oh, I got a outing for three to Southern Hills Golf Club. Uh, so I'm one. Mm, you may not be. <laughs> Didn't make the list. I have a long list, but I can only take it. I mean, I'm one. Oh, and then, oh yeah, you're one. And so, yeah, because we have to go. <laughs> what with, if you just give it to your friends and we can all go? No, I'm not that nice. Because <laughs> we have to go with a member, a Southern Hills Golf Club member. So that's our oh, four. That's cheap. But it's a professional. And so he's going to teach us how to golf. Gotcha. And uh, dad's, dad is going. I know that for sure. And hmm. I've thought about Jordan. Then I also so did your dad get you this gift? No, at least he got it for me. Oh, okay. I was going to say, man, if your dad got you the gift just so you would take him golfing, that's pretty awesome. That would be pretty awesome. But no. Uh, let's see what else did I get. I got some slippers. I got a new North Face jacket that's reversible. It's pretty sweet. I didn't get the thing I wanted, though. What was that? A Kimber 1911. Uh, a sweet gun. Oh, a gun. Okay. <laughs> I was like, you're going to have to keep going because you're not know what you're talking about. Okay, a sweet gun. That's fantastic. Yeah, that was the one thing I was really... I've been trying to get that gun for like two years now. So you went to Afghanistan. Right. And Okay, so I went to a Christmas party. Yeah. Um, well, it was like a Christmas service. It wasn't a party. 
and I have a friend in our house church or a small group or a life group or a cell group or whatever your church wants to call it. Um, and we went to the service together and as we were walking out, um, he started, you know, his PTSD started acting up and, um, and I guess they had to sit in the, in the parking lot for about 20 minutes before they could start driving home just so he could calm down. How does guns not affect you? Like, wouldn't you like bang, bang, oh crap, I'm in Afghanistan, I'm going to go murder people now because I'm in a war zone? No, not really. And it's mainly because I'm expecting it. Uh, I mean, I got in a, uh, I was very kinetic over there, meaning we got in a lot of gunfights, and so I had a lot of... I shot at a lot, and I shot back a lot. But uh, Guns don't bother my PTSD. Uh, Lisa can tell you all about it. If anybody has questions, just ask her about it. Um, but I, I think it's because when I'm shooting or if I'm around it, I know it's coming. And so it's not really something that bothers me. Right. Now, it does flare up kind of – I know who you're talking about because I deployed with him. Okay. Um but like in crowded situations, kind of like that situation, yes, it flares up quickly. And that's why I don't go to crowded areas. Like I don't do the Rama light show, uh, even though I think it's now a drive through light show from what I heard. Rama? Yeah. No, you – they have lights as you're driving up. Oh, okay. Well, then – either way, I don't go uh, because I, I can't control the circumstance or the situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, – I mean, I can still carry uh, usually everywhere I go, and so I can still kind of control the situation, but not with that many people around. I don't go to the mall, places like that. Okay. I mean, there's different levels of Well, and it, you also and play Call of Duty, and so I just thought, that's just so funny. Like, I, I miss with people. I figured the sounds of Call of Duty would be, you know, some of those that you uh, know what trigger. What really triggers – actually, it's kind of weird. The strangest thing that triggers me is the smell of burning trash, and that's because over there we have open-air trash pits or burn pits where we throw all of our trash to be burned, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so it's a constant burning smell in the air. And so I uh, – what was it? I was running on um, here in town on the trails over on the other side of the river, on your side of the river. Okay. And I smelled burning trash, and I kind of went into a field position. That was weird. <laughs> Dang. And it just happened. Not anything I could control. It was so weird. Um, and then, let's see, fireworks. I stay away from large fireworks shows because those actually sound like bombs. I remember going to a coffee shop when you first got back, and you were like on high alert when we were in public. It was pretty, I pretty crazy. I thought I was going to have to restrain you. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I had the wrong type of people in there. Yeah, bad timing. Yes. <laughs> All right, today uh, we are kind of just going to go over a few of the past podcasts. Uh, we're going to have my dad on the show with us today. Who is a pastor, so... Yes, he's a pastor of Real Life Worship Center in Cassville, Missouri. And let's see if we have uh, anything wrong, because I'm sure he's been making fun of us. Oh, some I know the, he has been. Some of the quotes I've seen him say. It's pretty funny. So we'll be right back with that interview. Dad! Come here, Dad! <laughs> hey, 
the man, the myth, the legend, Andrew's papa, his daddy, his homeboy, Travis Fisher. What's up? <laughs> My papa, huh? Papa. It's actually Isabel's papa. Papa T. Papa T. That drives me crazy. Like, you're a grandpa, okay? <laughs> like, come on. Everybody that names him, like, Mimi, Mama, Moo Moo. I'm like, my grandma, my mom and dad are going to be pee pee and poo poo for my son. <laughs> like, come on. This is getting I, ridiculous. I've never heard your son call them that. Well, no. He, he, he When I say poo poo, he kind of giggles, like, oh my gosh, you're in trouble. You said poo poo. <laughs> All right, so as Dusty said, my dad is in the studio with us. Okay, really, it's my office slash man cave, not really a studio. And it's yet to really be a full-fledged man cave. We're getting there, Andrew. Getting close. Somebody wants to buy me a kegerator. There's bullets in here. It classifies as a man cave. That's true. Yep, there are. But no guns in here yet. Good, because I'd probably I'm the guy that I don't have guns because I'm I'm the guy that would actually like, shoot myself in the foot or something stupid. So yeah, we could see that. Yeah, I I do a lot of stupid things, so that'd yeah. be one of them. We've done a lot of those stupid things together, so believe it. Well, Travis was our youth pastor, our junior and senior year. Is that right? I believe so. I've kind of tried to block that out. <laughs> well, I thought it was pretty cool, like. Kind of explain a little bit what got you into ministry, I guess. Where, because you weren't from that kind of background, right? You were more of like a right. Um, yeah, nobody else would do it. <laughs> That's pretty much how <laughs> pretty it went. Much it. Uh, <laughs> I, I was a deacon, and um, we we needed a youth pastor, so um, they asked me to be on a search committee, and uh, we started going out looking for different. Uh, youth ministers, and every single one of them was an idiot. Sucked. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I they well, looked at that, me and said, "You do it." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And they said, "But we're not going to pay you." <laughs> well, that church was also a church. They put an ad in a newspaper, right? So we got like the weirdest people wanting to be a youth pastor for the first time ever in their lives. Yeah. And they didn't yeah. even go to church anywhere. <laughs> like it was so awkward. I just remembered one one youth minister coming and playing games and giving ice cream and and his wife bending over and showing her yeah so i said yeah we that's can probably do my favorite <laughs> yeah i remember so, that and uh not not to say i was any better because i was clueless all i knew how to do was just hang out with students <laughs> but the preaching deal was yeah hey did you listen to i think it was the episode of the sermon we talked about one of our favorite sermons was your yeah, Your first just, one. Uh, yeah, I just kind of regurgitated stuff. I don't quite do that now. I, I actually do my own. But um, I just knew of guys that were doing it. And if I could do it anywhere close to what they did and I didn't, that would be cool. But, uh, yeah, I winged it for a while. Yeah, they didn't turn bright red and almost pass out. Yeah, you yeah. got to breathe. <laughs> I learned to breathe now. So, uh, Well, that was one of the things I w- on that podcast i think i was talking about was just how your strength wasn't preaching i don't know what it is now you know i don't listen to your sermons but um, i've got better you gotten better well i hope but but the whole point is that you know 
being with the kids and stuff, that's the most important part of youth ministry is being able to relate in their life situations and, and, right. uh, you got 365, 24-7, whatever, you know, and full-time job and constantly with people and then you're graded on what you do 30 minutes a week. Exactly. And that's, that's the standard. That's just silly to me. Has anything else in the podcast stuck out to you? I know you and I have had a lot of off the record conversations and I'm not going to bring some of those up. <laughs> well, what did you say our podcast name should be? Um, well, I agree with what you said earlier. Um, Two idiots in a Bible belt. <laughs> you know, that would be cool. Um, but no, you guys do a great job at bringing about debate and um, just raising questions. And the comical value, I give it about eight, eight and a half, maybe nine. Oh, yeah, Ooh. Tim Allen. Mm, you know, Tim as far Allen as. There we go. <laughs> we are a B comedian right as now. As far as, um, <laughs> you know, as far as the topic point. Yeah, we're going to hit about a C minus right there. And, uh, it's still passing. That's just good for Dusty because, you know, that's good for him. You know, uh, a little lazy, but hey, you know, but it, it's made me look at some things and, and go back and reread the book. I read this book about four or five years ago and uh, I actually went and it's easy to read, guys. I read it in two days. So. <laughs> Why is it taking us forever? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It is easy to read and I do read it. Somebody else on the show may not. It's just, you know, Call of Duty just came out. I got I'm I'm doing pretty good at my fantasy stuff right now and I stick hey, and my business has just been like crazy. I play the crud out of Call of Duty more than you because I know I'm always online and you're not. <laughs> I also had two fantasy leagues going. And I was in school full time with finals and I still read. No excuses, Dusty. <laughs> you have the audio version. That helps. Yeah, that does help a little. I I did uh, put an email into a uh, little Frank Viola, Frankie. Did you? And basically the response it wasn't from Frankie, it was from somebody else. But it was uh, uh, we've written twenty more books since then. Let's focus on those books, <laughs> not this one. What did you so say? So they're not real proud of this. But I, I just said, hey, we're we're doing a discussion on your book. We started a podcast. I just want to know if you had some insight, maybe on. Where where what we're interpreting, as opposed to what you're writing and what you're meaning. Gotcha. And Frankie, you're you're a good old pal. Frankie didn't want to. <laughs> I mean, Frankie that. didn't even respond. He sent his peon <laughs> to respond. It's all right, Frankie. Maybe we'll get to one of your I mean, other I get twenty the, books. I get the point. Like this book by itself is pretty extreme, and it's basically just laying a foundation for his other writings when it goes into deeper detail. I don't know. That's one thing I've noticed about this book, Travis, is it's pretty pretty extreme. Like, okay, we're over here sometimes on some issues, but then he's way over here. And I think there's a middle ground somewhere that – Right, and, and there's always going to be that, especially when you're looking at statistics and opinions. Um, I mean, he is – I mean, George Barn is awesome in, in the facts and, and checks the facts and everything. So he's right on his facts and the percentages – but you can skew anything in your favor, um, depending on your view and your opinion of it. You do enough research and you'll find it either way. And I'm not saying he's wrong in a lot of things because he isn't. But we are where we're at, you know, is what I'm saying. Um, what do we do with the church today is the question. I mean, we can't just close the doors. Right. So what's, I mean, you're asking great questions 
I mean, what's the answer? And we can't keep doing the same thing over and over that we've been doing for the past because it's proving it. It works to a certain degree, but past that, it doesn't work. And what's really hard is starting something new because you always fall back to familiar. So it's easy to go back to when, when it gets hard. You just go back to what you know. And so the temple model comes right back. Right. And we've experienced that with a church plant. You know, we, we started a church plant with the idea of it not having the temple model, you know, and, and then, I mean, that it's, people started coming to the new thing that we were doing on a Sunday service. And so then that became, all right, we're going to ride this wave and, and, uh, we just go back to the exa- like exactly the same. And, model. you know, we're going through a lot of the growing same issues, not growing pains, but the same issues that you guys are going through. We've started, we started a year earlier than you guys did, but you know we're in the country, <laughs> not really in the country, but we're we're Redneckville down there. Yeah. Um, but oh, don't nowhere. Yeah, it's hard to grow not a contemporary but a modern style church in the middle of where yeah. you're at. Right. <laughs> the Bible Belt. The Bible, which we know is not Iowa. <laughs> Close. <laughs> so, talking about the temple style church, Dad, you, your church is not an ordinary building per se. Like, for example, First Baptist, where we went to. Yeah, we have cobwebs. You know, we, we have kind of a warehouse, and um, so we're constantly cleaning cobwebs. That's our main issue. We're not worried about the stained glass as much as we are. Um, Making sure there's enough fog in the building that the lights show up. <laughs> Does that hinder attendance or help? Does that? Uh, it, it, it hinders uh, attendance if we're looking at church people. Okay. Um, but our mindset was not to become exactly what everything else is. Um, Andy Stanley always says it this way. If you want to reach people, nobody's reaching. You have to do things nobody's doing. And uh, we've got a long list of things never to do again. Um, that we've tried in that, and we've been on the edge, and um, we have failed miserably. But there's a lot of things that we will definitely try again and do again. But that doesn't mean we do them over and over and over. Um, we're constantly looking for that next thing that works, uh, so we don't fall back into a routine or a pattern. Or you know. it's funny that's an Andy Stanley quote, but then everybody tries to do what Andy Stanley's church is doing <laughs> as a result right. of that. Right. <laughs> That is quite funny. I didn't even think of that. Do you guys have like home groups or uh, small groups or home church or house church? Or yeah, we groups? have um, real life. Uh, <laughs> since we're real life, we have life groups. Um, so, and they're pretty real sometimes. But um, even in those, we we find ourselves getting into a pattern of behavior. You know, so. Um, we were having one night where we were just going to have a get-together, and I look into the living room, and people are in their seat, you know, like it was their pew. And uh, <laughs> exactly. So we stopped for a while, and we're getting ready to take them back up. Um, but I think um, life change happens in, you know, in circles more than it does rows. So right. I think it's a good thing. Um, but I think they're both necessary. One thing I did notice that your church does kind of like everybody else's is the order of worship. Yeah, how do you get away from that? Because uh, we're creatures of habit, and, right. and we've tried uh, different things and looked at different ways. I always tell people, 
we're different. And then you look around, and um, we, we're all sitting in a, in rows. We sing four or five songs. We have a talking head, and then we go. And um, But um, the way I think that we're different is how we intentionally treat people. Uh, we don't use words like we missed you um, because everybody knows what we missed you means. It's like, where were you? Yeah. Uh, why weren't you here? We didn't have somebody in your seat. So, and it made us look bad. So, um, we intentionally don't use those kind of things. Um, we don't, um, send people a, a card or get in contact with them until they've, uh, either get a death notice or no. <laughs> no, maybe a little bit sooner than that. You know, we'll check up on them, but, um, we're really not going to go hound you because we really want you to feel free not to be there that week. And there's still ways to give if they don't go. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I told you, I, I think uh, you said it one time in, in one of the early podcasts that you said uh, uh, that online giving maybe wasn't sacrificial giving. So I told um, Andrew just to have you, um, since it's not sacrificial, <laughs> go ahead and get on our website. That's at realliveworshipcenter.com, and uh, you can get to our push pay site. And just put $500 a week down there. And I'm sure since it's not sacrificial giving, you won't miss it. I didn't really mean it by that. I just mean when you're not physically, like it's out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. I don't even know how much we tithe a week at our church. I know we do. Well, it kind of comes down to the point of um, I don't when Jesus was sitting in the finance. temple, uh, the one that he admired the most was the woman that gave without anybody noticing. So um, maybe that's probably the right way, not knowing what you're giving. <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> See, I don't know either, but our wives do because yes. they're the ones who are tithing. They're us. the spiritual heads of my family. <laughs> well, we that's tell, the most important thing. See, I tell my wife to do it. I just don't know how much she does it. And if you did, you might be like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> let's bring this back to reality." Now, one thing I do like about your church, Dad, is. It is more open participatory than a traditional church. Like you're talking to the people in the congregation, and likewise they talk back, which is not something you see very often. I mean, you can go to our church and you'll get an amen occasionally. Preach it, brother. But you actually have people there literally talking to whoever is talking at that time, and you guys will. Yeah, it's a lot like stand up. You kind of have to go with it because <laughs> you never know what they're gonna say. Um, no, I. I I, I don't preach very well without pr- crowd participation, I guess you could say. Um, it, it needs to be interactive. But there's times that it can get real interactive, and that's, yeah, not good. And you always have that one person you pick on. And we all know who, well, we know who that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he's my comfort zone. Yeah, and he, and he takes it well, and he dishes it back while you're preaching. I like that, too. Yeah. I don't. I try not to make eye contact with a lot of people, but I have my safe zones. <laughs> so I, I've never been to your church, so I don't really understand what you're talking about. But I guess people are like, would they ask you questions, or would they? No, basically, it's just um, they're more interactive, and they'll they'll talk about um, the point that I'm making. But I don't let it go too far. I, I mean, I draw it in; it doesn't get. Chaotic, you know, so it's more than an amen and maybe a, uh, yeah, that's really cool. I like that. And that's, you know, or whatever, you know, um, I, I really got a lot of feedback last week when I, I told people if, uh, you don't like storms, quit doing rain dances. <laughs> um, 
Oh, preacher brother, I like that. Yeah, someone got hurt. <laughs> See, I think last time I was there, you actually didn't preach. You had a, another guy in your church preach, and uh, somebody actually asked him for like clarification, and he gave it. He like he restated the statement, and so which a way that they could understand. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I liked. It was like, hey, somebody doesn't understand. They're asking, what is this? We used to ask a former pastor to do that because he just used so many big words. And we're like, well, we're in Redneckville. Well, we know <laughs> it's not dad. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got to break it down. We can't talk way your dad. Your dad puts it in a way that even I can understand. <laughs> not Whoa. that I don't know those words. I just choose not to use them. <laughs> I just, just don't like blank stares. Just saying, if Dusty understands it, Dad, you're, you've accomplished something. <laughs> so, so chapter uh, five is about the pastor and the role of the pastor, and him had a huge statement. Let me see if I can find it. It was very extreme. This chapter. Yeah, you guys almost lost me on this chapter, but then at the end where you, you kind of talked about me, you kind of pulled me back into it. You know, so, <laughs> so I get you went from like a D. I kind of I ranted too much on this chapter, and I think I was misunderstood a lot. So I was trying to like be understood, and Andrew likes to debate, and so he twists my words. Anyways, it says the pastor, the obstacle to every member functioning. What's your opinion on that? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on um, what you're talking about functioning. You know, as far as in in the service part or. Um, because the service part really needs to be uh, an educated voice that's speaking from, you know, with knowledge right. that um, the interpretation is correct and you know he knows what he's talking about instead of just somebody with an opinion. Uh, but man, you really have to the the pastor has to have his his spot and his things that he does. But in so many churches, uh, everything's in his box. Right. And it He's just keeps overloaded. a lot of people from – one, it keeps a pastor from doing what he needs to do. Um, my job isn't to change the toilet paper or to even to worry about the fact that there's no toilet paper there. Um, but there's people that have a servant heart. There's people that um, have all kinds of different spiritual gifts. We need to really figure out where they're at and plug them in in those situations and allow them to not just help but take over those areas. So, um, I don't know if that's what you're really talking about in those in those situations, but well, I think one of the things he was talking about was some people are called to preach or called to speak, and yet that's the pastor is ninety percent of the time the main communicator on stage, and he's the the MC of the service. You know, he's right. the um, CEO. Of well, the yeah, the the guy that's up at the head all the time. I mean, that's the guy that's going to get the attention. That's the guy that when people want to pray, when people want to talk, um, we have a prayer time at, during our worship service where I have two guys up front, and if you guys if you want to come up and pray, you can come up and pray with either one of those guys. I intentionally stay out of that because it allows people to see, hey, I don't have to just pray with the pastor. Um, but it does a lot of times when when you're trying to figure out who to talk to, even if a church has, say, a counseling pastor or a teaching pastor or, or whatever you know the situation would be, or a youth pastor. Even a lot of times 
Um, if it's a student, they don't want to talk to the senior pastor. And if it's a, an adult, they don't want to talk to the youth pastor because, you know, whatever, they're not qualified or something. But we need to uh, really put people in those situations where uh, it's the church, the ecclesia, the, you know, the body of believers. I don't believe they're all equal as far as um, what their gifts are and as far as education. Not the word equal. But uh, there's different roles, right? That ever, and uh, and really, by me saying equal goes right back to that pastor, you know, <laughs> that I'm higher, and uh, but and uh, you got that hierarchy, but it's not that. There's just different roles that need to be played. M- many different, and I can attest to that, but I don't really do any mu- much more. At, yeah, I, I kind of dropped out of all my roles. Well, see, and that's why the pastor gets kind of stuck with a lot of them because we're everybody's lazy. It's true. We need to be doing our part and and helping relieve some of that workload off the pastor. Well, I think Andrew has a little bit of bitterness that kind of comes off uh, with some of the stuff he's been put in, situations he's gone through. But I think it's yeah. more in a little bit. But <laughs> now, okay, uh, I was I mean, to be nice. and there's some churches that you put so much on one or two people that they just get burnt out. Yeah. Um, so it needs to be spread out. A church, a healthy church, needs to have everybody in the church involved in something, doing something, having a role. Uh, they need to have ownership in it because they're the ones paying for it. It needs to be every mem- every member functioning <laughs> in the church, right? Which, you know, according to this book, the pastor is a hindrance to every member function well and and i understand where they're coming from where in part of what you said travis with the laziness is instead of me trying to help somebody go through a situation i point them towards the pastor because now he's not just the pastor the ceo the main communicator he is now the main counselor at our church and so though i we we have the same we can pray to god we don't need you know we have that relationship where we we don't need to go through a pastor to get our our prayers heard, our guidance from from the Bible and stuff, but I don't know. Sometimes we just pass that on as I think laziness as far as our walk, in my walk personally. You know, I see that a lot with um, salvation. We'll we'll take you to the pastor. Yeah. Like, right? Why? What if they die on the way to meet the pastor? You know. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why dropping the Sunday church model and going to house church model would fail. Because we're so used to just bringing them somewhere else to somebody else to lead them to Christ, and if we bring them to our own houses, then that's on us. <laughs> so you're gonna have to have a, have a lot of qualified people in those positions. So, right? Because I mean, how many do you have in your house church, Dusty? Uh, we have eight, I think. Eight. That's about what we have in our house church. And uh, I mean, going just off eight, and we have. I don't know how many in our church. That would be about 30 different house churches. So you would need 30 different people qualified to interpret the Bible. Uh, To interpret the Bible? To interpret. Appropriate. To interpret interpret correctly. Correctly. Well, if you're looking for one person to have the answers, then yes. But what if it was, I mean, the beginning of the book talked about, was it Socrates? The, it's important to be asked, like to ask questions. It is, but if you don't have anybody there with the correct answer or, or to guide you, maybe. Yeah, I get that. It's going to go way in the 
opposite direction of what it's intended to be. And if there's, say, I mean, there's eight in your, approximately eight in yours, approximately eight in mine. I mean, in a 250 uh, person church, that's 30 house churches. So you're going to need 30 people, one per house church at least, that kind of has an idea of what the Bible is trying to interpret. Right. Otherwise, they might right. think that, you know, Muslims and Christianity are the same. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had one lady when we first started our church. Um, our, our thought is that we bring, we allow everybody into our church. Bring everything that you have, whatever you, whatever you believe, whatever you've done. Everybody's welcome, and that's the motto that we kind of go by. That we're all just real people on real journeys, doing real life. And um, so, bring your junk in. And I had one lady. Um, some guy came in, and we had a coffee house, and he came in, and he was talking to her, and she said. He asked kind of basically what we believe. I don't matter what you believe. You just come here whether you're Muslim, whether you're Mormon, whether you're, you know, whatever it was. And she just rattled off about ten different things. They're all the same to us. <laughs> and I just oh, kind of wow. looked at her and said, um, we really need to have a big discussion. <laughs> so um, it was interesting. We've kind of touched on the house church a little bit. Um, but with what you said, with 250 members you right. know basically you have 30 um kind of what you guys were talking about in the beginning that i really had i was driving and i was trying to do math and i was laughing <laughs> and um i was yelling a couple of times and you know just yelling at the yelling? radio well because yeah <laughs> well here's the deal um between both of you and i won't say any names but dusty <laughs> um, i i get the sense that he didn't like the idea. Well, neither one of you guys liked the idea. I won't just nail Dusty. But um, you guys don't like the idea of the fact that there's a church on every corner. But you also don't like the idea of a megachurch kind of idea. So no, if that was more Dusty. I like the megachurch. No, <laughs> I just went to church on the move for Christmas service. Right. But, I love but what you guys said, though, right. was, yeah. that, okay, if there's not a – church on every corner then you want them all to work together so that would create a mega church but the mega church really doesn't work because it's, it's too big and it doesn't get down and get personal so that would be a house church would be better so if you take just the average mega church of 10,000 people then you have to break that down and that's on average about 17 people in a house church so that would mean that you'd have 588 house churches a church with, on every corner. <laughs> yeah, with 588 um, people that need to be trained to to um, give the right interpretation of scripture. 588 uh, bathroom issues. 588 child care issues. 588 youth issues because I don't want to go with mom to church, you know. So and then you have 588 parking issues and and then if you grow, now you got what the early church did. Is you guys said that they just sold stuff and built on. Right. They would tear so, down walls. So after you grow enough and tear down walls, then you have building code issues. So now you have to take the group that you've got and that you've developed that started from 17 to grow into 100, and now you can't meet in your house anymore. So you have to go start a church. So now you have 588 churches that grew like that. Now you have 588 new churches on every corner. That used to be one mega church. And now we have 588 mega churches. <laughs> Woohoo! Now that's one way to grow the gospel, though. But um, 
I understand where you're coming from. Jesus came to abolish the temple model. And because of we just don't know how to do anything else, sometimes that's what we're that's what we go back to. Uh, it, it's just been repeated over history that every time we get away from the temple model, something happens and we go back to it. But um, I think that you're on the right track. Something needs to change in the church of today. And this asks the I mean, it, it gets the question out there. What do we do? So it, I love making fun of you guys, but you're asking the right questions. <laughs> and that's all we're here for is to ask questions because I don't think this is how Jesus intended ch- church to be. So that's all we're doing. We're asking questions. Hopefully we get people participating, which we have. Well, and I've I've been in church long enough that I've, you know, you hear the cycles of sermons. I've been on the inside long enough of a church staff to know the strategies that you do and you're you know it's just like there's gotta be more you know i've had so there's so many people that i've been friends with with quotes in church and yet i never see them anymore and it's like man there's gotta be more to this community Hmm. well well it's like uh, about five years well it's been longer than five years now uh about 10 years i guess it was uh and our youth minister, I know I'm getting old and hurry. I asked uh, the youth in our church. Well, I didn't ask them anything. I really told them this. I said, you know, in five years, if we're still doing church this way, I'm going to go do something else. It's going to be for God, but I'm going to do something else. And I did. I went and did something else. I'm kind of still doing the same thing the same way, but with a different mindset of trying to figure out what the next step is. Mm-hmm. And um, I get a lot of people that come into our church and say, hey, we've done youth ministry this way and we've done church this way. Why don't we do it that way? And it's like, yeah, that's great. It works um, for some people that way. And if you like that, there's about 50 churches around here that you you could go to, but we're not going to do that. And they just kind of look at me like, why? Yeah. Well, when we, we talked about this, but when we started – a church or been part of the church start, people would bring in those ideas like, Hey, we, we came from a church and they would do this. And I'm like, well, sweet. Why did you leave? You know, <laughs> like, uh, I just look at them and say, yeah, we, we've done that and it works great, but we're going to try something different. <laughs> right. And then they say, what? I don't know yet. But I told those students, I said, if, if you keep asking questions, eventually you're going to figure it out because my generation has dropped the ball. We only know what we know and we can only do what we've done. But I told them, I said, if you, if you keep asking the question, eventually a generation is going to figure it out. So, I, I have one more question for you. Um, going with pastor, uh, one of the things I had talked about was the pastor salaries and how some pastors make a god-awful amount of money for the position that they're in. And hold they, up, hold up, hold up, hold up. you got to break down that saying, god-awful. <laughs> okay. Reword. That doesn't make sense. Rewind. They make a ton of money to. I know there's a church. There's a couple churches I've been part of. One was, you know, a church of like a hundred and something people, and he's making eighty thousand dollars a year more, and that's you know more than the average people in their church. There's a church in Tulsa that makes, um, it's over a hundred thousand dollars. He makes uh. I think it was twenty thousand dollars a year less than the guy, the pastor of the Hillsong Church, <laughs> and he's like complete mega church. And this is 
you know, maybe at like 600, 1,000 member church in Tulsa. So it's just, to me, like, I, I see there, there's just a lot of, you know, I, I'm okay with pastors getting paid. I think I came off wrong on that, but, but just how much, like, it's like a career move almost for, um, to make more money. Like, I have a good friend named Brad. I think you might know him. He said, God's everywhere. Go where the money is. Exactly. And I think that that is a standard for some people <laughs> in their lives. He's also the guy that said premarital sex was okay as long as you kept one foot on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brad. <laughs> I love you, Brad. Hey, you know, here, here's the deal, the way I feel about it, and – I'm going to give a different answer kind of than what I'm actually um, getting, I guess you could say. Um, if you're the guy that has answered the call from God and because of what you're doing and God working through you and the work that you put in and you're the reason why – and I say you're the reason. <laughs> yeah, be careful. Because man. you're the reason – that you answered the call and you're allowing God to work through you that, and the growth is happening because of your dedication and the things that you've given up, pay the boy. That's, I mean, the Bible says um, to, to pay them. It's scriptural. Uh, we won't go into what scripture because I just lost it. But um, anyway. first, first opinions. <laughs> yeah, first, second opinions. I think you wrote that one, Dusty. <laughs> Um, but it is, I mean, it is biblical to pay, um, pay a pastor what he's worth. Man, uh, when you say what he's worth, there's a lot of pastors getting paid way more than they, they're worth. And, uh, it's because of the size of the church and it may be the band bringing it in. It may not even get paid, you know, and so there's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of lazy pastors out there, but there's, a, there's a lot of pastors that work. And I know that you can, you can wing it and you can get by, but your church will show that. If you put the dedication in, and I know one guy that you guys both know, a great pastor and the guy that kind of helped me get started, he puts the work in. Uh, so, uh, But he puts the work in, but he's not the 80,000 a year right. pastor. Right, like, but he probably should be. You he know, sh- but, yeah, he should be. And, and the thing is, he could be if he took – if he took certain jobs and that's kind of where I'm at too. A lot of times I've turned down some jobs because I know where God wants me and I get paid a hundred bucks a week. And if uh, here's our, here's what our budget is. I get paid a hundred bucks a week. And if at the end of the month, there's, there's more than what our bills are. If we've got extra money in, I get 50% of that up to a thousand dollars. So, so at the most I could get, you know, once it gets over a thousand dollars, I the percentage goes down, so I'm not taking their money. But in the fact, and the way we set it up, that oh, the reason we set it up that way is because we're a new church, right? And uh, we have to establish, you know, our, our our foundation for us to grow from, and and it just is what it is. And that's in ministry, I can kind of started that way. Of I I took uh, I left a job that was making a lot of money. And uh, went into a career that didn't make a lot of money. But I have a wife that that is a teacher, you know, and you, everybody knows teachers make great money. So she supports me and my 
my three boys, four boys. One of them's moved out now. Two of them's moved out now. Yep. So anyway, um, it's it's not the money. I it's been so worth it as far as what I've got and what I've received and the blessings I've received that the money has nothing to do with my job. I mean, I can, I would love to get paid more, but there's a lot of pastors out there working their tail off and not getting what they're worth. And then there's a lot of pastors out there that's doing nothing, getting paid a lot. Yeah. So there is a lot of waste, but it's individual. It's the heart of the man. And, um, I don't think you can go across the board and say, yeah, there's so much waste in the church. There is, but it's not every church. Right. But on the Bible belt, we have churches on every corner. So there's a lot more waste on it. Not all of them are making a ton of money pastor wise, but I just see your average country church probably pulling in 20 to $30,000 and he's bivocational and does absolutely nothing really during the week, but, and and gets paid, and there's like 50 of them in, in our area, so right. yeah, there's a lot of money that's wasted there to keep 10 to 15 people per church happy. Right, exactly. Can't offend them, Dad. Oh yeah, I can. <laughs> he only makes $100 a week, so he's got that opportunity. What are they going to do? Take it away? <laughs> <laughs> that's also good job security, Travis. <laughs> They're not paying you. That's right. <laughs> like they can't fire get... a guy that's not getting paid. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this show. Uh, I want to make sure Dusty didn't have anything else. Um, no, just my fantasy team. Uh, I'm, so far, I'm $100. I'm going to win $100. Uh, if I win this week, I win $200. So, um, uh, yeah, pray for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pray for you to make money on fantasy football. Gotcha. Dad, do you have anything else? Oh, no, I just I enjoy listening. It's been fun. Keep up the good work. Make everybody uh, laugh. That's the important thing. <laughs> just laughter. Cures a lot of things. That's what we try to do. We have a few more uh, reviews on our iTunes, Dusty. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know about that. them. I actually have to go back because I was reading one of them. I couldn't figure out who this person was. Give me a second. Who it was? Yeah. Like, I could kind of recognize the rest of the names, but this one is God and Drugs. <laughs> what? This person gave us a really good review. They gave us five stars. Uh, actually, on Isabel's birthday, the 21st. Huh. All the topics covered on this podcast need, and need is all caps, Mm-hmm. To be talked about, and I'm glad to listen to discussions on these things from people who have grown up around it and have been seen, or who have seen behind the curtains of the American church. Very good material. Check it out. God and drugs. God and drugs. Thank you very much for that review. We hope you're enjoying it. If you have any questions, feel free to email us, uh, BibleBeltBros at gmail.com or Facebook us. Facebook.com slash Bible Belt Bros. Or if you have any insight or anything that maybe we got wrong, fact check us. Right. <laughs> or idiots in the Bible Belt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one, guys.
was in the Bible about 